0: Melbourne AA Steps Weekend 2020. This is David talking about Steps Four and Five. Thank you. I'm David. I'm an alcoholic, and I have to use notes because um, never done this before. And I just uh, I thought of a little prayer at, uh, before I stuck, uh, breathed out a bit and said, "God help me," because <laughs> I need it. Um, what I'm what I'm aiming at in this, I I. Was sober and got sober in 1987, and um, things at, in different parts of Melbourne uh, people were following the steps in different ways. You know, there was there was the old blokes up in the hills up around Ferntree Gully and uh, Scoresby following what they thought was the right way, and then there were triangle group that was introducing the steps um, in a really simplified form. And um, big meetings, triangle group was. Uh, Oh, literally dozens of people there going through steps one, two, and three. And um, what I'm aiming at, I'm aiming at something like this list that we we use nowadays. You know, the the list I had then in those days was a little bit more complicated. And uh, you know, I when I came here, I was really, really sick. I was confused. I was everything dyslexic. I and and you heard it with the, the other speakers. I was just gone for all money. I, I wasn't capable of thinking straight. I wasn't capable of reading properly. Um, I just I wanted help, and I needed help badly. And when I came to my first meeting, I could see that something was happening, and I just you know I needed what some of these people had. I wanted what you got, and. Uh, you know, I, I basically for me, I was um, a brief background. I was out of a marriage in '87, which is when I got sober. April, um, I ended up in the open door with the the Salvos in in North Melbourne. Thank goodness for them. You know, I don't know where I'd have been without them. About three and a half months, and I could have stayed a couple of years if I wanted to. Um, back in a marriage, and uh, out of a marriage again. Surprise. You know, but what do you do? You know, uh, Christmas and New Year, 1987. I spent in the hospital. I rang up for my toothbrush, and she said, don't come back, and you're not getting your toothbrush. And that, that was it. Um, I'll call her her from now on. I won't call her what I thought. But I, I'd been injured at work, and I, you know, I was I was tied to a bed, and the, the only treatment was Serapax, and I refused to take Serapax at that stage. I didn't want any drugs in my system, so my recovery took a bit longer. Um, I, I had nowhere to live. Suddenly, you know, I, uh, there was this big Aboriginal bloke knocking around, Mark, big Mark. We used to call him. He's a colossal bloke. Oh, he said, I've got a flat and spare room. Come and live with me. And the only trouble was, he'd given his spare room to somebody else as well. So there were two of us in it. <laughs> the, the, the good thing about this is that the three of us were there, and it was it was AA, twenty four hours, twenty four seven. You know, it, we were at meetings in cars with, with others and piles and piles of us, you know, going around the different meetings in town, searching for the answer, what, what, what we could find, what suited us, what what I could do to get on with this program. And I'd already seen the steps on the wall and I'd already figured that I had to do a full step. I had to get rid of the crap that was between my ears, you know, um, I always think it's like the old Commodore computers you know, if you overload it, it doesn't work you've got to clean it up and uh, then it works fine so that's a very early computer um, anyway, with Mark um, three of us in this flat and one of the blokes who had been around before for about three and a half years and busted had decided to start getting on with the steps and um ooh Hmm, better get on with it ourselves, you know we can't be left behind on this so this was the reason for getting in it knowing I had to do it, but also this, this push gentle push, you know and went down to Triangle Group and they had these, these lists and they um, I looked at them and it had the resentments and then under the resentments it had fears and then under the fears it had sex inventory and this, I just went hell all on one sheet of paper. What am I supposed to do? You know, it did not occur to me that I could cross out two of these and do the fears only, um, and it, it confused me, completely baffled me. I just, you know, like I said, I was, I was really, really sick. I, my life had come to a complete standstill, and and uh, you offered the way out. So, you know, basically, it was, well you've got to get a sponsor. I thought it, I was down Triangle Group and I saw a bloke and I tried to pluck up the courage and I couldn't pluck up the courage to ask him. But then I, they had a meeting on a Sunday night there and I, I I went to this meeting, big book meeting, and the guy who was chairing it and I thought, this this looks good. This looks really good, you know, I'll ask him. And I did. He said, well, you, you'll have to come to the meetings I do, which was the Schoolsby Steps Group. And uh, in those days, Schoolsby had a... Steps group and they had a twelve and twelve in a different day, and it was it was incredible. It just opened up my eyes. He, after speaking with him, you know, the, the first time, I realised that you know I got really something in common with this bloke. He he let out a little bit about himself, and uh, you know we had a lot of similarities. So what I started doing, he said, I said I did it differently. He said, you know, what, what you do is I want you to write down your whole life story. And this is, I think it's on page 74, you know, it goes into it. I can't see where, but um, it, it's but they had not learned enough of humility, fearlessness and honesty in the sense we find it necessary until they told someone else their whole life story. And he didn't want me just to tell him, he wanted me to write it down. And uh, I said, how the hell do I start doing this? And he said, well, you start on the first page. You start with your date of birth, who your mother and father were, who your brothers and sisters were, you know. And then you put your earliest memories and you go in from there and you save, go to every uh, second page because you're leaving a blank page because you'll have to go back to and you fill it in. So this is what I did. And I thought, you know, uh, post-war generation, I thought, you know, they were, pretty, they were a pretty cruel lot. They were all suffering from post-traumatic stress disorder, teachers and parents and God knows what in you know, the British. Uh, anyway, that was what it was like. It was pretty brutal. So when I started to get this down on paper, um, I started to see behavior that I developed to survive. I started to see how, as a young child, I developed these sort of behavioral patterns that got me out of the crap, and um, and the childhood to me and to, to my sponsor became very important. Um, it was because this is where it, it, the, the formulated, but this is where the behaviour starts in childhood. It doesn't matter what I've done drinking at this stage. The drinking is later on, but the childhood to me is absolute paramount importance. I have to work out what the hell happened and. When I started looking at this, I, I, I knew I had a pretty awful childhood, you know. If you would had, had, somebody said it earlier, if you had had a childhood like mine, oh, you would drink too, you know. It's a brilliant thing for drinking. It really is, you know. Like, I, poor, poor me, wow. And feel better. And, um, you know, I went through a sort of English school system and the public school system, which was a... Tom Brown's school days was, uh, was nothing on what I went through in that and I went into the Catholic system and uh, that was touched on by another speaker earlier, you know, that was uh, that was hell on earth and that was where um, abuse started in, in places, you know, it just shouldn't have happened and it was still going on for years, I still, I keep in touch with a few blokes and I see that this sort of thing was happening after 2000, it's still going on things have been done So um, here I am, I'm in this uh, school system, but my home isn't any different anyway. You know, I I was uh, treated pretty much the same at home as I was at school. Another reason to drink, you know, was childhood again. So I had to get this down as well. I had to get reasons for the abuse, for the sexual abuse, for whatever. And people don't bring up sexual abuse from the floor, but I will, because it's important. People might need help on that one. I did, you know. And uh, yeah, I, I was born into a family. And this is, this is looking back on, uh, you know, in retrospect, talking to my brothers, two brothers. And they, they told me that they had heard my parents say and argue about not wanting me. So they took it upon themselves to make my life from birth miserable. And they did a damn good job of it. You know? Now, I'm not saying that for poor me. 10 minutes only, Dave. Get on with it. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, these are good reasons for drinking. But these are also, um, this is the crux of it. You know. Why my behavior was like it was. So I got stuck into it anyway, writing it down on paper. I was amazed when I got this down on paper. I found out that was a lot worse than I thought it was. The other thing about this was that I'd survived. Many, many of us didn't survive. You know, there are still people suiciding out there. So I'd survived from that. Um, I hadn't murdered anybody and I hadn't, you know, been murdered. So there's has got in there somewhere after all for me, you know. Anyway, I came to this fellowship. I got this. This idea, just before I got here, I was talking to a priest about my marriage. And he said, when I went, he said, God, go with you. And I felt from that moment that I was being skyhooked. And that's what happened. You know, all this coming to the fellowship, getting into the steps and doing this sort of thing. I didn't believe in God. God, to me, was a dirty word. Um, You know, this is the way it was. I've got to tell the truth but higher power and spirit of the universe, wow, you, you allowed me in, you know, you allowed me to have the higher power. Anyway, um, I like it. The very, the very early days of, of sobriety, um, as I think Peter was saying earlier, quite mad. Um, I, was, I was angry, I was so angry, you know. I'd been kicked out of my marriage, I was angry. I was angry for everything. Um, and I wanted it to stop. I wanted this, this, this head to stop going around. So my sponsor got me into this four step and writing it down. And this, was, uh, this is an incredible exercise. Uh, 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 a thing of a beauty starts to emerge you know, in, in this, something. I, I, I do a bit of um, lapidry, which is rocks. Um, I'll use this analogy for it. I I find a bit of rough stone and I cut that rough stone, I select it, I select the best part of it, and I, I start polishing it, and I get a very fine polish, and it doesn't matter how fine that polish is though, it looks good, but looking at it under a magnifying glass you'll always see scratches, and it doesn't matter how fine you polish it, you'll always see scratches. Try and get them out. More will appear, or there should just be other ones, and that's that's the sobriety. And I, I heard Peter talking. You know, it doesn't matter how long I've been sober. The, you know, I still relapse on a regular basis. I still go back, not drinking. I still go back to my old behaviour, rears its ugly head, and and I have to be um, I have to be good, and I have to be uh, a, a, an example to others. And I think sometimes in my head. Oh, if you only knew what was going on. <laughs> <laughs> if you only knew. So getting it done, I, I had to do the fifth step. So I took this along to my sponsor, this exercise book, and the lists, because I got the lists, the resentments and the fears, and I got that all from this, this exercise i have done. And I sat down in his office, and he... Said, uh, "Can I have a look at the book?" You know, I do not want him to see this part of me. Anyway, he grabbed the book, and he started writing around it in red ink, red texture, and uh, he started identifying other cyclic behaviour that I hadn't myself seen. You know, this, this, these behaviours of the survival, these behaviours of repeated, repetitive behaviours. You know, you, you know, get the get the job. Get the flat, get the girlfriend, drink himself out of it. You know, I was not comfortable being comfortable. So comfort to me was a was a pain. And uh, he, he 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 was pretty brutal in doing this, but he also shared a bit more of himself, and he shared in in depth with with the the type of abuse he had been subjected to, and. And that allowed me to to open up really to these little notations I'd made that I wasn't going to really talk about unless you know I was asked. And uh, then I spoke about them and <laughs> I need a starting handle here. <laughs> but um, to to get these to get, to get this stuff out of my head, I had to offload everything. That had been causing me problems. I had to get rid of this stuff, and he allowed me to do that for an hour. And then he got up and he said, "Well, that's the end of it for this week. You'll have to come back next week." And I've got to hang on to this for another another week, you know. And the, all the fear and the thing about doing this thing in the first place all came back. But that was the way he was, you know. He's a bit of a bit of a Central European. Um, very Teutonic. So I, I did this. And we got back the next week, and we went through the, the process of, of getting this stuff out from the depths of my soul. And not just the heavy stuff, the abuse, but the little tiny things that, are, that, that really, you know, they talk about tripping over your own shoelaces here. Well, that's what I've been doing for years, literally tripping over my own shoelaces. The, the word I'd said to somebody, well, I might have said that word to somebody, or I might have given somebody a look, you know, um, and it's inappropriate. And I start thinking, my oh God, you know, why have I, why have I done this? And, uh, and then it goes over and over and round and round and round. And I don't know about you, but I'm one of these people, I try to go to sleep, it doesn't work. It doesn't work because this crap's still up here going around. And it's not letting me live. So what I did is I got it all out, and then I started living. I followed up with the rest of the program. And very quickly, I'll say what happened to me. Had I not done that at the time that I did it, which was a little over 12 months, somewhere around 12 months now I'm looking at it, I suddenly got a phone call from her Saying, "I can't handle these kids anymore. I'm going to kill them. You have to take them." Ooh, I wasn't the best of fathers, but I wasn't the worst of fathers. I did the job I could at the time. She got them back eventually, you know. Later on, I got the 11 and a half year old who was suicidal, the oldest, and. uh, and I had to deal with a kid that couldn't move more than three feet away from me at any time. He had to be sitting right next to me. He wanted to move into the bedroom with me, which I stopped, you know. It's a funny old world. It just, I had, this, this boy has got over his problems, most of them. Except his two, two marriages. And uh, I'll just tell you a little a little quick story. I used to go out and see the kids when I didn't have them. at token every every weekend or every second weekend, something like that. And I went up there one day and rang them up. Can I make a booking? I said, oh, sorry, Dave, we, we booked out with a function. Um, you know, you, we haven't got any room. They, they booked the whole place up. And he said, it's something to do with AI, I think. And you've got to be a member to come. And I sort of said, oh, well, it just so happens. <laughs> <laughs> So I went up there, and, uh, and I, didn't, I didn't do the conference, so this is the first bit of one I've ever done. I just stayed with the kids, and that was when Georgia and Mike were running it back a long a while ago. So thank you very much. Information about the Melbourne AA Steps Weekend is available at stepsweekend.aagroup.org.au.